My name is Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I've spent the last 17 years of my career in school as a teacher and principal. I started the Dissect Ed podcast to help you by using my strengths of connecting and relating to bring amazing guests to you each week. We will cover a wide range of topics related to all aspects of and roles in education. My goal? For you to enjoy and feel successful in your role so we keep amazing teachers and leaders in schools. Thank you for all you do. Take care and enjoy. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching the 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's the 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. Hello everybody, what kind of an episode would it be without my two dogs running around? Today's a little bit of a different episode. You are going to hear just from me. I don't have a guest on for today because I wanted to talk to you very frankly about what our teachers and school principals need right now in order to salvage this year and their and honestly their experiences and how we bring new people into these roles. I can speak from these two perspectives because I spent a considerable amount of time in each of them. So I spent eight and a half years as a teacher, six and a half of those years were as a special ed teacher, two years I taught regular ed history, the most amazing years of my life for sure. I absolutely loved teaching. I was assistant principal for a short time. I would say that was my sweet spot. I absolutely love carrying out a mission that I absolutely believe in. So with the right principal, that role is amazing. Then I spent eight years as a high school principal, and I can tell you that that is where I confronted and encountered burnout and a lack of sustainability in this profession for the first time. Now, some people, many this year, are experiencing that as teachers. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've heard it as I've interviewed people for the podcast, and I actually was seeing it as a principal prior to the pandemic as well. The thing is that it's gotten to a level now where I believe that people, enough people are starting to speak up and out about this, but I don't see anything happening. So if you are listening to this episode of Dissect Ed and you are in a position to put me in contact with anybody who is a policymaker or decision maker at state, national levels, even local levels, our voices, when I say our voices, I represent the collective voices of people who are in need of change so they don't burn out at the teacher and school leadership level. Their voices need to be heard. I have a commitment to my listeners and to those who I've interviewed and to those who I represent to amplify that voice and to create change. I need your help. So I'm going to outline some of the needs that are effective teachers and school principals need now, tomorrow, yesterday, before the end of this year, and especially going into next year, or else we are going to lose. We are already losing too many amazing people. Our kids need amazing people in the classrooms and leading their schools. Unfortunately, a lot of people are making the decision to step away into something that is a much less taxing on their own personal health, on their families, on their children. So we need to pay attention to wake up and make some of the really small changes that have a big impact. That's what this episode is about. 
I hope that it resonates. Just know I see you and I hear you. I hope this leads to much more dialogue, but really ultimately action. All right, take care. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dissect Ed podcast. We are currently in season two, and if you are new to the podcast, you don't know what that means. And if you've been listening since the beginning, you know that season one was focused on getting into the school year and what teachers could do for themselves over the summer and going into the school year to care for themselves. I guess sometimes we call that self-care. And as I interviewed teachers and life coaches, health coaches for that season, we were into the school year and I realized, okay, we're in a school year that is unlike any other school year that I've experienced or that we collectively have experienced. I know this because I was interviewing teachers, but I was also teaching. I taught up until the beginning of October when an injury resurfaced and took me out for a while. Nothing to do with COVID, uh, just untimely. But I had the experience of being in a school building with teachers who were burnt out to levels I had never seen before. I was also speaking with people who are burnt out and it didn't seem like all of the tips that I was able to provide from people who are very experienced in helping people through difficult situations were sufficient by about end of October. So I knew that we needed to focus on this at a larger level for season two. Enter my role as the host of the Dissect Ed podcast and bringing in my strengths of a relator and collaborator to bring not only teachers' voices and perspectives to the forefront on exactly what's challenging and exactly what is needed, but also to bring in other leaders, school leaders and district leaders who are the people who we need to make this year survivable and in some cases allow people to thrive and at the same time bring in thought leaders and practitioners and leading researchers in the area of organizational leadership so that where the places where they're maybe not getting it right or have some room for growth, which is probably most places, could hear from leading experts in leadership practices to know how to lead through these times of really crisis. So that takes us to today's episode. I don't have a guest I wanted to speak directly to the audience and speak on a couple of levels. I'm going to talk about being an educator right now and what educators need from their building leaders. But I'm also going to talk as a building principal because I was in that role for eight years and I know how challenging it is. And I now support other building leaders and still collaborate with plenty of others to know what the challenges are 
So I'm going to speak to those who are in a position to make changes for building leaders because they're the people who support the teachers who are the direct relationship builders and influencers of our children. So what do teachers need right now? That was actually the title of the podcast that kicked off this season. And I had a guest on who had written an opinion piece that was published by Education Week. And not much has changed since that article was written, but I'd like to revisit that and amplify what was articulated in that opinion piece. First, teachers need more of some things and less of others. So what do they need less of? They need, one, fewer meetings to attend. There's something called fatigue, decision fatigue, meeting fatigue, and we're there. So teachers need fewer meetings to attend, which means if you're in the position to schedule meetings for teachers, you need to ask yourself, a good, a good question is, is this really necessary right now? Now, if you are having to hold a meeting because of an emergency, then yes, it's necessary right now. This can't be put off. But are you scheduling a meeting that has to do with a curriculum decision that does not impact anybody until next year? then no, chances are you do not need to schedule that meeting right now. And if it's on the schedule, remove it. Find another way to get that work done. Find another way to get teachers' input. Because while teachers still want to have an input, they simply, in most cases, don't have the capacity to show up in the same way that they have before. Number two, another thing they need less of is evaluations. Now, it's ironic I say that because I'm actually supporting the evaluation work right now at a school. But the reason why I have to do that is because it's state mandated. Are evaluations helpful? Maybe, maybe not. There's data out there to suggest they are. There's data out there to suggest they aren't. I haven't done a deep dive into it. Can they be helpful? Yes, they can be if done the right way. The added stress to a system that typically isn't done with fidelity anyway, may not be worth it this year. It's okay to change our mind and to put things on hold. Something else that teachers need less of is materials. And I mean programs, curricular materials. Because of the COVID relief bill, I guess I would say act or or a uh, funding that was passed, there's a lot of money there to purchase programs and materials, supplemental materials and interventions for students who no one is denying have lost learning in, in areas of especially math and, and reading. However, teachers are still the ones who have to figure out how to teach the core curriculum and incorporate intervention curriculum at the same time. It can be done when there is a strong core curriculum 
and a really strong intervention curriculum. However, when we're seeing four, five, six, seven different programs that teachers must pull from, what a lot of people don't understand is that it's not as simple as just pulling a, a worksheet. Oh, not I shouldn't say worksheet. It's not as easy as just you know opening up a book or going to a web page to see what should be done that day. There are meetings with representatives from each of those companies for customer support. But really, a lot of that is because it's in the company's best interest for teachers to teach a program with absolute fidelity so that then they can get the results that they need so they can then say, we get the results for our clients. None of this is bad in isolation or when vetted properly. However, we returned to school in such a manner this year that essentially we've thrown everything together. And teachers are overwhelmed. And I'd rather teach two things extremely well than five things not well at all. Because then we won't get any of the results that we're looking for for our, our students and our teachers will just be burnt out, overwhelmed, and resentful. So that's what teachers need less of right now. What teachers need more of right now is they need more time. So it's actually inversely uh, related to what they need less of. They need fewer meetings and more time to themselves. It's exhausting. If you listen to my episode with Superintendent Cloyd Garth Jr. out of Mississippi, he talks about how parking lots are empty at 345 at a high school when you would never see that during a school year because there are games and practices and and so many different activities happening. That wasn't due to COVID restrictions. That was due to people needing to get home and recharge. He says that, you know, people are going home. He notices people were going home just to recharge just enough to have just enough in the gas tank to get through the next day. It's kind of like when you live, uh, you know, you you fill up your gas tank with just enough because you're in a rush or maybe you don't have the right correct change on you or enough money and you you say to yourself how much gas do I need to get to where I'm going and you only fill your gas tank up that much and you get to where you needed to go and then you need to fill your gas tank up again and you're in a rush and you only fill it up as much as you need to get to where you're going that's not an efficient way to live it's not sustainable but in his observation that's what's happening this year and I think he's absolutely right So teachers need more time to themselves. Are they always going to use it lesson planning? Maybe not. Maybe they just need to de-stress. Maybe they need to get a cup of coffee or get some fresh air. I see very few teachers actually walking outside of the walls of the building. They need fresh air. They need to be able to breathe. So fewer meetings equals more time for teachers. They need that time. They're burnt out. I follow some Facebook uh, teacher groups and while I don't put a lot of stock in social media because I know that's where a lot of people can go to complain I am concerned about the number of people A. who indicate that they want to leave the profession but B. the number of people who are getting into the profession who are hearing the horror stories and are afraid to enter into it 
we need to do better because we need people getting into education as excited as I was when I entered education, as excited as I still am anytime I'm in a classroom. We need people to come into the field with that level of excitement and with that level of belief that they can make the difference that they signed up to make. So we need to figure this out or we are going to be without teachers, enough teachers to staff our buildings. Now, let's transition over to building leaders. I sat in the principal seat for eight years. I served in two very different settings, although to me, kids are kids and teachers are teachers. And the challenges may look a little different, but at the end of the day, we're there for support and to be instructional leaders and keep everybody safe. So I was a high school principal in Providence, Rhode Island for four years, three and a half years. I started halfway through a school year. And then I was principal at a charter school, a high-performing charter school in Rhode Island for three years. And I can say that the job was not sustainable. That's why I'm no longer a principal. And as much as I love coaching principals and the reason I started my business in the first place and this podcast was really out of my own personal pain point and that that I saw in my colleagues of this role not being sustainable. I also knew from being a principal and coaching and managing staffs of 100, staffs of 50 teachers and staff that there were a lot of teachers who were getting burnt out. So I additionally have a mission to provide support so that teachers can stay in their roles because they feel effective, needed, and valued. It's much harder to do that for principals because day to day, we put unnecessary work on them. Now, this is coming from my own experience and some of my colleagues who have been fortunate to visit their buildings this year. For example, tomorrow, oh, I should say today because it's Tuesday, one of my colleagues has somebody uh, who's doing a school walkthrough, you know, a day and a half before school break to, to evaluate and examine the school programming, classroom teaching. As COVID cases are surging and they spend their day contact tracing with scared parents and frightened kids and, and teachers who are nervous, they have the pressure of being evaluated that day. That makes no sense. No sense. So what do principals need? They need basically the same thing that their teachers need. The thing is, though, that principals aren't, while they're able to provide that for their teachers, they're not able to provide that for themselves. Principals need far fewer meetings. They need fewer professional development days. They need to have more autonomy over what what they select for their staff to do for training or more autonomy to allow their staff to select what they do for professional learning. Principals need a break in their day, permission to step outside, take a breath of fresh air. Principals, they don't usually take a lunch. I don't, I haven't seen most of them eat. I never ate when I was a principal. Unless somebody brought me food and I stuffed my face for a few minutes in between meetings. Principals need fewer initiatives. Fewer initiatives that are placed on them to then support teachers who are already overburdened. Principals need more support. They need more people to say to them, let me take that off your plate. 
let's remove this all together. How about we don't start this until next year? Principals need their leaders to do the same thing that I'm asking principals to do for their teachers, which is to constantly ask the question, does this need to be addressed right now? And if it doesn't, we'll address it a different time. Principals and teachers both need emails to stop at five o'clock at night, unless it's an emergency. Obviously, unfortunately, right now with COVID cases spiking, there are a lot of emails and there's lots of communication around positive cases. Those come in when they come in. That is a very unique situation. But the email or calendar invitation that goes out at six o'clock p.m. or eight o'clock p.m., it's not helpful. Because while teachers may not check their email later, you will be hard-pressed to find a building principal who is able to truly shut off their brain and shut off worrying about the school building and all the people in it at 6 o'clock at night. So we, or, or you as district leaders, as as middle management or coaches or directors if you're in a big district you need to commit to not sending your principals emails at seven o'clock at night eight o'clock at night schedule it to go out the next morning i have seen the look in principal's eyes the same look that made me step away from the role The same look that landed me in the hospital at 35 with what my nurse thought was a stress-induced heart attack. I was a healthy, competitive athlete my whole life, and I was in the hospital at 35, hooked up to machines. It was not a heart attack. It was just stress. But the doctor came in, asked what I did for a living, and said that if I didn't make a change, I was going to develop very serious diseases like diabetes, heart disease at a very young age. I didn't take his advice and I kept on doing what I was doing. But it, but years later, I finally realized this isn't good for my health. But we can't have every principal decide to step away. That's the point. We can't have every building principal who's good at what they do get so burnt out that they say, I have no choice but to make this decision to walk away from this job. And there are jobs they can go to. There's jobs they will go to. I left without any job to go to. That's how dire and desperate it was. So if you're listening to this and you're a teacher, I hope you know that I and we at MKJ Consulting hear you. I, as the host of the Dissect Dead podcast, I see you and I hear you. I hear you and see you through very different, through various channels, whether it's social media or actually being in a building that you're in, having a conversation, interviewing you for a podcast, reading an article. Principles, I see you because I was you. I I was you and I'm still in buildings where I'm interacting with building leaders all the time. And I know the look. Not many people do, but I, I know, I understand the look of a look of more than exhaustion. It's more than tired. It's something so much deeper than that. So I see you and I hear you. And I'm hoping that I can make that change for you or help to make that change. So district leaders, 
state leaders, if this ever reaches a national level, and if you have the ability to do that, send it there. We must change. Because if we don't, we are not going to have people to staff our schools and to teach our children. You're going to have a bunch of effective teachers and principals who decided enough is enough. My health, my family, I don't want to get divorced. I don't want to you know, lose my own health. I want to be there for my kids as they grow up. I want to be by my father's bedside as he's dying. These things are more important than a job that does not care about how I'm doing. So if you're in a position to make these decisions, contact me. I'll be on your, in your think tank to continue to expect greatness and excellence from our kids and from our teachers and from our building leaders, but also to provide supports and rational, reasonable expectations of their work so that we can create sustainability and keep our effective principals and teachers in their roles because they feel valued and they feel needed and they feel challenged and they feel supported and they feel effective. I'm signing off for today. We're heading into break. Some of you are already there. And I'm sure your colleagues who are not there yet, they're jealous and they're envious. But if you're listening and you're still in school, you'll be there soon. You have another day and a half to get through. You'll get there. And I hope that everybody listening has the rest that you need. And the next week and a half look like however you need it to look like so that you can get back into the work in January and we can continue to move forward together because teaching is the best job in the world. And I say that with 100% conviction because the only thing that took me out of a classroom was an injury that's requiring a lot of attention. Um, There's no better job than being a teacher, truly. And we need you. And we need the building principles to be able to support them. That's it. Happy holidays. Much love. Take care.